and welcome to Crack and Crime. I'm your host, Jamie Tilson. I just spilled beer on my shirt. <laughs> Seth, your co-host. Oh, God. Messing with this microphone for an hour. <laughs> There's complications that come along with doing podcasts, man. We just ran into one. A little snag. My beer drinking habits didn't account for that. <laughs> at all. I was supposed to be in bed by now. <laughs> Oh, thank you everybody for tuning in. Hope you've been liking everything we've been putting out. Go check us out on all of our stuff. All of our social media accounts. Twitter. Facebook. Are we just saying? Are we just saying? Instafuck. (laughs) Sorry, Grandma. That was going to be a bad one. (laughs) No, we really do appreciate it. We've been putting a bunch of stuff out over there. Um, so go check us out. Everything's at Crack and Crime. All of our social media stuff. Wherever you guys are listening to a podcast, make sure you guys are giving us five stars. Leave us a comment. Helps push algorithms. A like, a share. Absolutely. I'm greedy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've been saying it for a long time. I finally did some research. And I'm excited. Why? I'm very excited about what this What are one. we doing tonight? This one... If you guys, if this is your very first one, so basically the way that we do this podcast is Seth doesn't know what we're doing. I'm telling him a story and we're going to get his banter along the way. This one's not going to be great for banter um, because we're doing BTK. What does BTK mean? What does it stand for? Talk to me. BTK stands for Bind, Torture, Kill. I thought it was like Y2K, like... The year two. Yeah, Y2K was, yeah, that was a whole different I thing. I remember being a kid scared to death. I thought the whole world was going to blow up. Like, son of a bitch, the clocks, they're not going to turn. It's going to blow up all the cars. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I remember Stove, that too. The stove's going to explode. I know it is. Look at it. It's freaking, it's freaking out. <laughs> the computer. Yeah, they were saying the power grid was just going to go down. So it's like all, everything was just going to Yeah, because it doesn't know how to go from 1,999 to 2,000. Like, son I know. Of a bitch. It's like computers aren't smart enough to figure that out. Yeah, we, we, we did not take any yeah, of that into account. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a billion. Not 200 million. 2,000. No, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from 1999 to 2,000. We can't handle it. We cannot do it. <laughs> I was probably out there like, these freaking idiots. What are we doing? I gave is, them is this so much news? more than that <laughs> for them to freak out about that. Is this even news at this point? I don't even understand what's going on. Here we go. Moving on. Moving on. Um, so we are going to talk about BTK today. Which is what again? The blue... <laughs> no, it's bind, torture... Kill. Oh, damn, that's dark. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing is really dark. And actually, the first portion of it is pretty dark. Um, really, the gist of the story today that has got a little comedy to it is the way the morons, like, found. Okay? Okay. Um, and it, so, so the way that it all starts, um, let's just jump into it. What the hey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right, 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 right? So in 1974... January 15th, 1974. Are you paying attention to yeah, me Yeah, I was there? swimming in my dad's balls those years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <But> Jan- Grandma. <laughs> Here we go. Jan- January 15th, 1974. There's the Otero family. That's where the whole story starts. All right? Sounds Italian. <laughs> so it, it might be. Yes, cousins, I didn't look that up. Cousins of mine. 
Wait, no, I'm, I'm French. <laughs> That's right, you're French. Yeah. So, basically, the three older kids were in school. And when they come home, they had, like, they seen the worst scene. I can't even imagine as a child. Um, but they come home to find their father, their mother, their little sister, and their little brother all dead hmm. in the house. Okay, and as we find out about BTK, right, they were all a little bit tortured, but they were all strangled and they're and they're dead. So the mother and father are in the bedroom, in their bedroom, in their bed, and they're strangled. The little boy, um, Joseph Otero Jr. is nine. He's dead, been strangled. And then Josephine Otero is in the basement and she's been hung. Dang. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. So I'm going to tell the story a little bit differently, though. So you get, that's what they found. The case goes cold. Nobody knows who did it. It's just crazy. Um, and so we were waiting to find out, right? So, I mean, this goes on for years because it's all unsolved, okay? <clears throat> Eventually gets solved. We'll get into that. But I'm going to tell the story the way that the killer eventually confessed to what happened in the home that day. Okay. So, um, the bodies were discovered by the three older siblings, um, Charlie, Danny, and Carmen. It was Joseph Otero. He was 38. So Julie kids total. Three older siblings came home and found their parents and two of their younger siblings dead. Right? Yes. Okay. Yep. And then Julie Otero, was 33, Joseph Otero Jr. is 9, Josephine Otero is 11. All right, so the the killing's not planned. It's somewhat planned, but not really planned. Like, he brought things with him to to use to strangle him. So he but, knew he was going to kill someone he just didn't know on who, perhaps? Yes, or and he planned on the mom and the two kids being home. He planned on that. So... He's over there and he's like just messing around outside and he's waiting. Okay. He's basically lying in wait. And then all of a sudden the back door opens and he just goes. So he goes in, he's got a gun on him. He, he goes in and he basically is there with junior. That's who he confronts first. He has junior take him in to the house where the rest of the family's at there and basically points a gun at him tells everybody hey i'm just here to rob you okay so i'm here i I need a car i'm gonna take whatever valuables i have but i'm gonna tie you guys up first so they're somewhat calm thinking like okay that's all this is it's just a robbery let's just do what he says apparently joseph otero had been in a car accident sometime fairly recent so he had like ribs were like broken or something like that so he was already kind of banged up and so he gets tied up first. And apparently BTK is like pretty nice with him. So when he ties him up, he like puts a pillow under his head, like sets him up fairly decent. So he's somewhat comfortable because his ribs were hurting. Then he ties up the rest of the family. Then he goes back to Mr. Otero and he puts a bag over his head. Hmm. And then he uses like electrical, um, like a power cord. And wraps that around to try to hold the bag on. Okay. 
So he's like, he's dead because he put that bag over his head. So he goes over and he starts strangling um, Julie, which is the mom. And so they're all watching each other die? Basically. Wow, yep. wow. They're all tied up in the main bedroom, in the master bedroom. And he just put this bag over um, Joseph's head. So now he goes to Julie, chokes her until she passes out. Then he goes to um, Josephine, chokes her until she passes out. Then he goes to Junior, chokes him until he passes out. Hmm. At this time, he realizes Joseph got a hole ripped in the bag, so he's not dead. He's still alive. He's fighting now. So he grabs another bag, and he puts another bag over his head, and now he puts a T-shirt over the bag, so now they, he can't rip a hole in it. And he ties that all on his head. Now he gets him go- down, right? And then Julie wakes up. So he goes back over and he's fighting with Julie and then he re-strangles Julie. But this time he actually is able to kill her. But like this is not going very well. Now at this time Junior wakes up. So he grabs Junior, takes him down the hall to Junior's room, puts a bag over his head, puts a t-shirt over the bag, tapes everything up, ties everything up. So that way he can, he'll be dead. Right, because he can now he can't get a hole in the bag because the t-shirt's over the bag. Mm-hmm. Then he grabs Josephine. This is when he takes her down to the basement, hangs her, and then he does some sexual things. He doesn't do anything sexual to her body, but watching her hang as he got her all tied up and everything, he then like does sexual things, and that's that's what he was into. That he huh. was into. It was sexually charged that he was into tying people up and all of that stuff. <laughs> so now at this time he's like, okay, I've killed all four and he cleans everything up that he like takes anything that he doesn't want to leave behind, cleans it up kind of halfway. Um, and then he leaves. Um, he does steal their car. He takes it and he leaves that um, at a store parking lot and then he walks back to where his car was at because his car wasn't too far from the home. Gets in his car, drives away. Again, this is in 1974. Case goes cold. Mm-hmm. Okay. Later on, the three siblings come home. Basically not closure for a long, long time. All right. Now, a little while later, not real long because he basically that he got a taste for it. He's ready to rock and roll. So now it's a little while later. I don't have the date on this. I could, I should have, but it's Sedgwick County. Um, so this is Catherine and Kevin Bright. This is a second attempt. Sedgwick County, what state is that? Um, this is all in Kansas. Did I not yeah. say that on the first one? Uh, you might have. You might okay, have. it was Wichita, Kansas. Okay. Was the first one with the Otero family was Wichita, Kansas. Drove through Kansas a few times. Not a fan. No offense <laughs> to Kansas. If you live in Kansas, you know, praise you. Not a fan of that place. It's pretty flat. It's the most boring uh, drive Nebraska's I've ever been not, in my life. Yeah. Nebraska's not much better either. But no, yeah, it's not. I just I only come through here to get home. So. <laughs> we drive right through Wichita. So. Yeah, going to Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, you drive. Or, Anywhere else. I mean, if you're in Kansas, you're just driving through, you know, as far as I'm concerned. No offense, Kansas. <laughs> there are a few different places. They're the Chiefs. That's cool. 
Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> All right. So Sedgwick County, Kansas. Um, we go. We move on to Catherine and Kevin Bright, their brother and sister. So BTK had been stalking Catherine Bright. Okay. So he kind of knew her plans, this and that. So he breaks in through the back door, and now he's just waiting for her. Okay. So he's in the house. He's waiting. Um. She comes home. She's got her brother, Kevin. He wasn't planning on this, right? This is... It's just... It's so crazy. So he says in... in When, he, when he's actually testifying to all of this later on is where I got a lot of this. Um, he doesn't remember if he had Kevin tie up Catherine or Catherine tie up Kevin, but then he tied up the other one. Then he doesn't remember if he brought the ties or if they were all stuff that he found there at the house. Okay. So he's done it so many times that he, he Well, he this can't is his, this is only his second time. Supposedly. Supposedly. To me that just reeks of I've done it so many times I don't well, know. Well, he's probably done other things, but these are his first actual killings. And you can tell that they're his first killings because they don't go well. Yeah. Like the whole Otero family was not thought out well. No. And it, and it was so torturous the way that he did it because anyway this one is just as bad mm-hmm. so he doesn't remember if he used stuff from the house or if he brought his own ties but the ties don't work basically okay so basically he's got Kevin tied up in one bedroom to a bedpost Catherine in the other bedroom tied up to a bedpost again I don't remember, he doesn't remember which one was tied up first and who tied up who, this and that, right? Because this was probably 76, okay? 75, 76. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, so he decides he's going to go in, he's going to choke out Kevin. So he starts he starts strangling Kevin. Kevin fights. He doesn't just let it happen, he starts fighting. He breaks the ties. So he gets out. So he jumps up, he tries to run, but BTK brought his gun. So he shoots him in the head. Oh, shit. Right. Kevin goes down, blood everywhere. He's like, okay, that didn't go as planned, but it's done. Now he goes in, starts strangling Catherine. She puts up a fight. She's able to get loose a little bit, and she fights like crazy. Finally, he gets the best of her. She goes down. So now he goes back out to Kevin, and he's like, all right, here we go. He starts to strangle Kevin. Well, Kevin wasn't dead from the gunshot wound, so he starts fighting head? again. Gunshot he wasn't in the dead head. from the gunshot in the head? Wasn't dead. Where the hell did he shoot him? His ear? I don't know. His he just nose? says a headshot. Right. So he starts, huh. he starts strangling him again. Now, Kevin goes back. No. Uh, that's right. BTK had a second gun in a shoulder holster on his person. Hmm. Kevin is able to get the the 22 pistol out of the deal, out of the holster, sorry, and points it at BTK. Well, BTK sticks his finger in the barrel and he's able to jam the gun so the gun doesn't go off. What? Uses his second gun, shoots Kevin again. Kevin goes down. So now he's been... Shot in what I can only assume is like the abdomen. And he's been shot in the head. At this point, he goes down. 
so he, he realizes he bugs Bunny to and sticks he his bugs finger Bunny in the fucking gun. Yeah, sticks his finger and, in the gun. Now I don't know shit. if it was in the hammer or if it was in the barrel or somehow. I picture it like Bugs Bunny. I tell I picture it. Puts it in the barrel yeah. and right. blocks the fucking right. thing. Right, and Kevin's like, "Oh, you rascal!" Ugh, right? Why I ought to? <laughs> so he. I know. So he, now Catherine is not dead. She didn't die. So she had just passed out. So he goes back in now and starts strangling Catherine. He, it, it's not going well. She's fighting him. So he grabs a knife and he has to stab her. Hmm. So now he ends up stabbing her a few times and he finally is able to kill Catherine. And now he looks up and he realizes front door of the apartment's gone, is open. Kevin's gone. Oh, shit. Yeah. So Kevin shot twice, strangled twice, not dead. He he unfortunately was able to get Catherine, but now it's panic mode, blood everywhere, all this stuff. This has gone awry. I mean, this is not, he just wanted to strangle some people, right? And now he's had to do all of this stuff, use his guns, all this other things. So now his plan is completely foiled. Right. Um, he hurries up, straightens up what he possibly can because he's, he's like, cops are coming at this point, right? Kevin's yeah. obviously getting the cops. Yeah. So now he's got to run the like four or five blocks. Um, something with like, he was on 113th street, but his car was on like 117th or 119th street. Um, so he had to run all these blocks, gets in his car, leaves. Mm-hmm. Still, even with Kevin surviving, I think there was a uh, like a sketch drawn of him, but still, case goes cold, right? So got nothing. Don't know who BTK is still. Okay. Now March seventeenth, nineteen seventy-seven. Damn, he's not waiting all that long, is he? No, no. This <laughs> is this is the seventies, and honestly, the serial killer. There's still serial killers today. Um, I can't remember what they say. I think it's like. Um, Two or three people not at part of the same event is where you classify a serial killer now. But you think about like the 70s, that's kind of all of your serial killers, Mm -hmm. all of the national media, like that's where most of them were at, right? Yeah. Um, So 1977, March 17th, Cedric County, Kansas, and all of this is relatively close to Wichita. It's all around that area. This one is Shirley Vian. So he had been watching people and he parked in like the Dillon's parking lot and was watching this one particular house. And he decided tonight was the night. So finally he works up the courage. He leaves his car in the Dillon's parking lot and he walks up to this house that he had been watching, right? No one's home. Well, now he's all worked up. He's talked himself into doing this. So now he's just walking the neighborhood looking for somebody to kill. Hmm. Okay. He sees a little boy enter a home. So he's like, somebody's got to be there. So he goes to the house of Shirley Vianne, knocks on the door. Little boy answers the door. So he shows him the gun and he forces his way in. And he tells them the same thing. This is, oh wait. I think that was kind of his thing where he just told everybody because that's what he told 
um, Kevin and Catherine in the last one was when when he encountered both of them, he pointed the gun at them, and then he told them um, that he was just there to rob them. And that's right. how we got each other to tie, like when they one tied one up and then he tied up the other. Because it was supposed to just be a robbery, which mm-hmm. isn't better, but he put them at ease that way. Like, yeah. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to tie you guys up. Give, buy me some time to get out of here. So he talks him into it. I think he kind of did the same thing with this family that night. <clears throat> so he was just like, listen, just here for the car. That's what This is what I want. I'm not going to hurt anybody. Just going to tie everybody up. I'm going to rob you, and I'm out. Mm-hmm. Okay? So she's obviously, or she's hasn't been feeling good. So she's just like in her robe. She's not, you can tell she's not feeling very well. He goes out on the back porch. They stand out there while she smokes a cigarette, which is very odd. They Barry. come, <laughs> Barry. They come back inside and he's like, all right, I'm just going to tie up the kids. I'm out of here. Okay. So he ties up the kids, puts them, tries to put them in their bedroom, but they're making way too much noise, being way too loud. So now he moves them to the bathroom. Closes the door, and then he takes has her help him. They take one of the beds and they lean it against the door. Now they go into the bed, her bedroom. He's tying her up to the bed, to the bedpost, and there was a lot more rope. So as he's tying her up, he just wraps it around her neck, and then he just strangles her. Hmm. Now she's dead. The kids are making way too much noise in the room, so he just cleans up what he needs to. And then he leaves. So that that's a crazy story too. But none of these go remotely is what you would think when you're talking about, you know, like BTK. But still, not found. Case goes cold, right? So now, um, there wasn't much talk. Um, but then he kills Nancy Fox. On December 8th of 1977. So now you've got like 10 murders. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, you got four, five, six. This is seven murders. Okay? He's killed seven people. So no, in 1978, no. he's still only getting like local news. It's not making national headlines. It's just Wichita area. It might have been mentioned a little bit around, but but not really. Okay? Nobody knows who he is, this and that. And they're not, he's not named, anything like that. So, 1978, BTK sends a note to the TV station in Wichita claiming responsibility for all the, those murders. Okay, so all the ones we've just talked about, he's like, these were all mine. Um, then he starts, and then he says, what do I have to do to get some recognition for what I've done and then get a, lot of, uh, get a little national airtime? Hmm. Yeah. He wants uh he wants to get his name in the paper and he wants some national media attention. And then he suggests some names for himself. One of them is Bind Torture Kill or BTK. That one sticks. So now he's BTK, right? So that's 1978. Those are his murders. And then that's it. So hmm. basically 8 years go by. Nothing. Nothing happens. Um, I think he still would send a letter from time to time to the news 
papers and stuff like that. But that was kind of it. Um, then all of a sudden he murders a neighbor in 1985. He ta- takes her body to a separate location and basically has her all bondaged up. And then he just takes a bunch of photographs and everything and then he dumps the body. Um, in 1986, he kills a 28-year-old mother of two. Um, and then his last kill is in 1991. But these three cases are not tied to him at this time. Okay? Everybody's thinking that he's done back in like 78. Hmm. They're like, so none of the, the 85, the 86, the 91, none of that's tied to him. So he got famous in 78 pretty much when he sent that letter. Pretty much. Yeah, and, and he... And then he just kind of goes by the wayside. He's never caught. He's never, he's not tied to any of these other murders. He doesn't get recognition for it. Nothing. Mm. So then it's just like, he goes dormant. Right? Which, if you watch any of the, like, in the mind of a serial killer, all of this stuff, this is completely unheard of. That a serial killer, once start, once active, doesn't go dormant. They don't just stop for three years. And Maybe he didn't. Maybe he just never admitted to it. <laughs> oh, this guy is arrogant piece of crap. <laughs> and he... He's and, definitely a piece of crap. Yeah. Oh, he is. Just wait. Because <laughs> it gets... <laughs> it starts getting stupid. All right. This is where I figured we would insert a little comedy about the moron that this guy actually is. Right? Um, because he's just dormant. Right? So now all of a sudden in 2004, no arrests have been made and the local newspaper is like, this is the 30th anniversary of those killers, of those kills, sorry, of the Otero family. So we're in the 90s now. We're in the 2000s. So they, they, they decide to run like an expose, like a feature about BTK. And they basically are like, all these murders happened. They talk about it, and then they're like, basically, they speculate on what's happened to BTK. Okay? Yeah. So they, they figure that he's been arrested on some other charges, and he's been in prison since the mid to yeah. late 70s. So he's doing time for some shit that he hasn't admitted to pretty much. Or he's doing crime for other, doing time for other crimes. That's what they're assuming. Right. Like they got him for something else, and right. he got away with those. Right. And that's where we're at. And, or they said, or else he's dead. Like, he died, and that's why he was never caught. But they're just like, yeah. it was crazy. Kills all these people. Turns yeah. all these people's lives upside down. And then he just disappears. Nobody knows who he is. It was at this time that BTK then sends a letter <clears throat> to the newspaper. And basically starts being like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm right here. Yeah. Actually... I'm thinking about starting again. So he starts sending letters and he starts basically like, I'm back. I'm going to start doing all this and that. And uh, they're like, well, you got to make, how do we know that this is really you? So this is where it comes back to the murder in 1991. He was never tied to that. Right. Mm -hmm. So they go back law enforcement goes back to this in 1991. And this was the um, 32-year-old lady killed in her home. So, he had her driver's license. So, he ends up sending some of the evidence, her driver's license included, 
that was taken from the scene. They're like, ooh, okay. All right, we need to look at that crime scene a little closer. So they go back to that crime scene. They've got DNA. They run the DNA. They got no match. This guy's never been in the systems. DNA has never been checked. Darn it. Okay. So <laughs> they start, they're, they're corresponding with BTK through the newspaper. So BTK then says, you want some more stuff? Tell you what, I've got a floppy disk. I'll send it to you guys. But you guys can't read like metadata or whatever on this, right? You guys can't trace this back to me. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm going to send you some evidence, but you're not allowed to use all of it. Right. All right? I'm going to send you some stuff that proves that I'm around. I'm going to touch this floppy disk, but you're not allowed to fingerprint it, okay? <laughs> so... And they're only going to look at, like, the stuff on the disc, right, that he's allowed, that he's sending to you. You're not going to, like, go further. You won't be able to tie this back to me. So the police then go, Oh, my God. No. No, we, we won't be able to tie that back to you at all. I don't know. What you, you just send it, right? Yeah, fuck it. Send it. And the way that he was getting this stuff to him Take is, pictures of yourself sending it. Yeah. You put in the fucking floppy disk in the mail. We don't give a shit. And he wasn't just mailing this. Some of the stuff was like he would put it in a cereal box, and then he would tape the cereal box up, and then he would just like go to like a Home Depot, and he would put it in the bed of somebody's pickup. Hmm. So just random. And then people would be like, well, I don't know what this is. They'd open it and go, Oh my goodness, this is I don't know. So hoping that they take it to law enforcement. Luckily, a lot of it made it there. Some of it didn't. Hmm. Very odd. But anyway, he ends up then getting the floppy disk tool. Okay? So they get the floppy disk, and lo and behold, they were able to do what they said that you know they couldn't do. And so they, <laughs> they, they bring it back to a guy named Dennis was using it at this church in Wichita. Okay? Hmm. Like, that's weird. Right, That's guy named Dennis at a church. Okay, yeah. so they look, and there was a guy named Dennis Rader, and he's the president of the church. Hmm. Yeah. They look into this guy. He's got nothing. Got no criminal history. He's married. He's got children. Stand-up guy, seems right. Yeah. So they're like, we need to do some more. We need to do some more digging. But we've got a name, Dennis Rader. So they start trying to figure out how they're going to get DNA. So they look into the daughter. Well, the daughter recently had had a pap smear. So they, I know, but DNA. So law enforcement quickly does a uh, search warrant for her medical records so that way they can get a copy of her DNA from these pap smears. It's granted. They go get it. Turns out it it's a match. To, mm. It's a partial match to the DNA from the crime scenes. Which crime scene? From the one in 1991. Mm. Now they've got he fucked partial. He found out when DNA started popping up. Right. Well, he started in, uh... because he started 
sending messages. They thought this guy was done. Yeah. Nobody was looking you, at it. You you it had was, everything you needed to get away with everything, but you waited till science caught up with you, and then you went to play the game again. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, absolutely. Is he still alive? Yes, he is. He's in prison. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> I know. I hope you hear this podcast. I really <laughs> I do. I've been to prison myself. I hope you know you're a fucking moron. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guarantee this guy. You are. You're this guy probably shit, doesn't. You're a coward. You're you're a moron. He doesn't get out of a cell more than an hour a day, almost guaranteed. He just I gets hope to. Not. Yeah. I hope you sit in there and you fucking rot away, you coward. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, basically, yeah, they they have enough to go get Dennis Rader, and he did. So they go, they make the arrest, bring him in. He confesses to everything, everything. There was two more murders in the middle of these. Um, They were not quite the same. And he denied adamantly that those two were not his. So he came clear, clean on everything. Even these other three at the end that were never tied to him. Until the very last one that they didn't know was him. Until he tied it to himself. And then that in turn hung him. Right? That wasn't his idea. Yeah. So he's in Kansas prison And then... Everything that I've read to you, all of my notes were all from his confession. Hmm. Yeah, in court. There could be more. There could be more that he's just not talking. Oh, about. apparently he talks to but like anybody that'll go in and anybody that'll go in and tell him how great they think he is. Like he'll sit down and talk to people he's until you call him a moron. Like you know, everybody should. Like he is. Like he is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then he gets all irritated and then he walks out. But apparently yeah. he'll tell his story to anybody. Yeah, he Anyone wants everybody. Thinks he's more than a piece of shit that he is. Yeah, right. I get that. Yeah, and at first, his his daughter was not real happy with law enforcement using his, like using her DNA to get to him. But then, now she's turned around. She actually does really good things for, like I think the victims' families, and mm-hmm. and she's like an advocate for victims of these types of things. Because I mean, honestly, this ruined her life too. This was yeah. her dad. Yeah. Ma- I mean. She had no idea that her dad was out killing people when, like, she wasn't even born yet. Yeah. And then, but he was married. Which sucks for her. I mean, that's, that's right. And then, absolutely. And then other stupid shit. Right. And then other stupid shit that this guy did was, he he claimed, like, he, he didn't sexually assault any of his victims, even though he took pictures of them. And he had pictures. Dude, when they went through his stuff, he had pictures of himself in, like, women's clothes and he'd be all tied up and he'd be like laying in I think he laid in caskets he laid in graves and then but he would somehow take these pictures of himself and it was all sexual gratifying and dude oh god oh he's he's something sick motherfucker he really is yeah and then this is and when I said in that one when he killed his neighbor he was just infatuated with her and he killed her and he took her to the church and he actually photographed her all bondaged up and dead at the church. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to me. <laughs> unreal, dude. Unreal. This case is just absolutely unreal. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nuts. Just crazy. So, anyway, that's BTK. It's BTK. He's, He's still in jail. Chicka chip, coward, and loser. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So... Well, this one wasn't as funny, um, but we had a lot of story. Um, did my research, 
He sure did. I sure did. Yeah. Yep. There's there's a little bit more there, but we didn't want it to take 17 days, right? Nope. Um, some really really good documentaries out there about it. Um, but anyway, that's all I got. That's all the fame we got for that chicken shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so we did it. We covered BTK. Yep. Lots it of is stories. a crazy story. Lots Absolutely. of stories on cowards, you know. If you want more of them, find a Hulu documentary. <laughs> They'll make whatever up they want about Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> so, alrighty, guys. Check us out all of our social media. Um, we're on TikTok. We've been doing a few videos here Twitter. and there. Instafuck. Uh, face. <laughs> twat. I don't know. <laughs> Book. Whatever Facebook. Kids are saying these days. <laughs> Sorry, Remember, football. like us, follow us. <laughs> Leave a comment on all of the places that you guys listen to your podcast. So if you're listening on Apple, give us five star. Leave a comment. All right. Tell us what you think of the podcast. Spotify, same thing. Give us five stars. Uh, yep. We appreciate you guys listening. Remember, share it with your friends. Let's try to get it out there. All right. Oh, yeah. Patreon. Haha. Almost oh, forgot. Shit. We're on Patreon. Yep. So go check us out on Patreon. Throw uh, us a couple bucks. Sexy Maxi Mark Mike. Garcia. Yeah. Garcia, yeah. Sandy Tilson. <laughs> yeah, Phelps Harvest, CBD. That's right. Get healthy in a legal way. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Thank you guys all for Patreon. Um, Going to be throwing something out new this week. So, all right, guys. Thank you so much. Later.